But how many of you want a pastor that teaches what the Bible says? Just say yes. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, because I know I do. I know I do. Because uh, I want everything that God has for my life, don't you? If you want everything God has for your life, just say yes. Yes, okay. Uh, because what I have found is that um, through trial and an error, his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I've tried my own. It's been a disaster. Okay? Um, and, with, and, I know, and without the teachings of Scripture, I know that I'm left to try to find my own way. Or the other option is to try to sift through the cultural norms of our day to try to find my way. But Scripture gives me a better path and one that I can trust because we know Scripture is rooted in truth. And some people in our world today don't even like that word because they believe it's so relative. But that's what the Scripture does for me. Um, So how many of you want to know what the Scripture says for your life? Say yes. yes. Okay. How many of you want to know what the Scripture says about faith? Yes. How many of you want to know what the Scripture says about perseverance? Yes. How many of you know what the Scripture says about winning over your challenges? Yes. How many of you know, want to know what the Scripture says about raising kids, yes. your marriages, relationships, being victorious? Say yes. 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 Well, in the three years that I've been your pastor, uh, it is it has been my desire to do just that. That to, to take our church and look into the scripture and because I want you to win. I want our church to win. I want the mission of God to win. And that's not gonna work by, 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 by some guy up on stage or, or with some kind of fancy word. I don't have a fancy word. I just want the word. I want it to be rooted in scripture. And so we look into the scriptures, and and I want to present God's ways to you in hopes that you will win and you will thrive in life, and our church will win and thrive as well. There's one particular subject in the scripture that is mentioned probably more than any other topic, and in the three years that I've been your pastor, I have not taught on it. Can you believe that? I look back through the almost 200 sermons I've preached since being here, and I realized I have not dedicated time to teach this. And it is one of the most common topics in Scripture. Now, I'm not afraid to teach it. I hope that you know that by now. I've not been afraid to approach any particular subject, but in the past, this particular topic has made people uncomfortable. Likely for two reasons. One, because it can be the most difficult area in life to conquer for some. And because it, this topic has also been abused by what I will call wannabe church leaders. Okay? Emphasis on wannabe. And I'll give you a third bonus reason. Because someone abused it, someone uses that as a reason not to deal with it in their life. I will not deal with this in my life because it's been abused. It has been abused. 
Okay, this particular topic has been abused. But we don't use that as a reason. We look to the scripture and say, God, what do you say and what is right for my life? So today, I'm going to begin a series specifically to talk about being generous with your money. I call it right on the money. (laughs) That we have got to do right with our money and do money right. And I know someone might think the church should not talk about giving money. Again, by your own admission, you want a pastor that will teach you what the Bible says about the things of our life. Your own admission. Uh, Maybe I tricked you. (laughs) You want a pastor that teaches what the Bible says, and, and, and I want you to win. I want the church to win. And so, and, so yet as a pastor, I have to be true to the word of God, and money is one of the most mentioned topics in the Bible. There's a thought that some people have, and they say, the church just wants your money. <laughs> uh, we don't want your money. I'm not saying don't give. <laughs> okay, well, time out. Thank God the lights are on. But our purpose is not to get your money. We're not trying to get rich. Uh, We don't want your money, but what we want is to walk in obedience. And I know there's a lot of thought with people that say the church only wants your money. The church, all they talk about is money. And so let me just like, let me just set the, the groundwork here. In three years, this is the first time I have taught specifically on money. So if you're sitting there thinking, oh, here's another pastor that just wants our money, I think that hopefully if you've been with me for three years, you know <laughs> that ain't true. Okay. Um, and so I know that that's kind of a taboo thing that people get uncomfortable. I think people get uncomfortable when we talk about money because, like the Scripture says, many of us have made money our God. And we kind of hold on a little tight to that. And so uh, uh, Robert Morris's book, The Blessed Life, has been a great source for, for a series like this, and, and we're going to look at a lot, a lot of scripture today, but my prayer today is that you will be encouraged, that you will even learn something new, and that uh, uh, you would be, become a generous giver. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, we, we, we hear this scripture a lot uh, when we talk, when pastors talk about giving. This is what it says, it says, do not judge or you will be judged, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And this is what they like to say. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And they say, so give. If you give, it will be measured back to you. And the same, the same uh, sermon of Jesus is recorded in Luke, and this is what it says. It says, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. So let's have the ushers come. Let's pass the plates. Give, and it will be given to you, right? That's what it says. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, and will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measure to you. Now, if you can go back one click on the screen here, I want to just ask a question. What 
is the, the, what is the context of the verses we just read? It's not money. <laughs> it's judging. Go back one more verse where we first started for me. In Matthew, it said, do not say it. Do not judge. Or what? You too will be judged. For the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And the measure you use when you judge others, guess what? It's going to be coming right back to you. And this is how Luke says it, if we go forward again. And Luke says, and in the measure you judge others, it will be measured back to you. <laughs> Pressed down, shaken together, and running over in your lap. So if you want to judge, have at it. But you will receive a multiplication of judgment back. Or how about condemnation? You want to condemn? You want to be condemning? Jesus, these words of Jesus. Be condemning, but just know this. If you're going to be a condemning person, it will be measured back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. In other words, how much can I fit in this thing? Because I'm dishing it right back. He says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Matthew 6.21 gives us another verse that is striking. And Jesus says, for where your treasure is, there your, say it, heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Recently, my boys saved up all their money. And uh, when it came to Christmas time, they said, Mom, Dad, all we want is money. We're saving. And which really broke Jenny's heart because, like, there wasn't really many presents under the tree. She's like, oh, my, no toys, no pajamas, like... It's like sad, like to see my little boys excited over open. They just want money. And, uh, and so they saved up all their money, and, uh, and uh, to, they, really, they wanted these new bikes. And the, these bikes are like more than my first and second car put together. <laughs> and I told him, I was like, if you want these bikes, that's great. I ain't funding it. You're like, that needs to be off my payroll. You need to figure that one out. And they're like, we're going to do it. I said, even if it takes you two years, would you do it? And they're like, yeah, even if it, so they saved up money. Uh, they, weren't, they weren't there yet. But, uh, but I like a good deal. So I scour Facebook Marketplace looking for someone selling one used. I find one down in Seymour, Indiana. I forget if that was, no, Palmyra, Indiana. And I find another one in Evansville. And it's going to take them every dollar they had. So they went from probably the most money they've had in their life to zero. <laughs> and we took an entire day. We were gone 11 hours. And we drove to Palmyra. We picked up a bike. We drove to Evansville. We picked up a bike. We ate pizza, hallelujah. And then we drove all the way back to Kokomo. This is before the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And wouldn't you know that those bikes have a little bit of heart attached to it for the, these dudes. These bikes don't go in the garage every night. 
These bikes are in my house every night. <laughs> These bikes are going to have an air tag on them. If you don't know what an air tag is, it's like if someone were to s- steal one of their bikes, I can look up on my phone and, and know where it is. We're going to air tag these things. Their treasure is stored up right now in these bikes, and I'm, and I'm proud of them for doing that. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. If you buy into a certain mutual fund or stock right now, you've been watching that thing. You've been watching it. And your heart probably is a little gripped. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Here's the big, the big, big, big idea that this is all today's. Today, I'm not even going to talk about tithing today. I'm not going to talk about giving. I'm not going to talk about any of that today. This is the one big, big idea that I want you to grasp, and it is this, that God does not want your money. He's not after your money. He's after your heart. He's not after your money. He's after our hearts because where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. Now, this isn't on the screen, but I'm going to read from Deuteronomy, and if you want to turn with me in your Bibles, you would turn to Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 7. Deuteronomy, I'm going to read it. It's not on the screen. This is what it says. If anyone among you is poor and your fellow Israelites in any of the towns of the land the Lord your God has given you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Rather, be open-handed and freely lend to them whatever they need. Be careful not to harbor this wicked thought. The seventh year, the year of the canceling of debts is near, so that you do not show ill will toward the needy or among your fellow Israelites and give them nothing. So let me, let me help you understand what, that, what that's saying. In, this, in the ancient Israelite people, every seventh year was called the year of Jubilee. And on the seventh year, all debts were canceled. How many of you think we should reinstitute this into the law today? <laughs> and what he's saying is, if it's year six, if it's year six, I do not want you to have ill will, thinking, well, if I lend to them, the year of Jubilees are right around the corner, I won't get paid back. So I will be tight-fisted and hard-hearted. He's saying, no, no, that's not, that's not what I want you to do. They may then appeal to the Lord against you, and you will be found guilty of sin. Then, he, then the Lord says, give generously to them, and do so without a grudging heart. <laughs> then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. There will always be poor in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. If any of your people, Hebrew men or women, sell themselves to you and serve you for six years, in the seventh year you must let them go free. And when you release them, do not send them away empty-handed. Supply them liberally from your flock from your threshing floor, and from your wine press. Give to them as the Lord has blessed you. Remember, you were slaves in Egypt, 
and the Lord your God redeemed you, and this is why I give you this command today. So the first thing we have to deal with is, number one, a selfish heart. The seventh verse said, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted. Now let me ask you a question. Why did God create giving? Why did God create giving? This whole, this whole portion of Scripture we just read was all about giving and generosity. Give from how the Lord has blessed you. Don't, don't, don't send these people away empty-handed. Give from your flock. Give from the threshing floor, which is, which is your harvest. And give from your wine press. Why did the Lord create giving? Because at the end of the day, do you really think that God needs your money? You think that like the streets paved in gold in heaven are half done because he needs your money? You think the pearly gates are still under construction because he needs your money? No, no. God did not create giving for his sake. He created giving for our sake. Giving more than any other activity for the believer works wonders for our selfish heart. Too many times, maybe a preacher you've seen on TV would tell you, if you give, you will get rich. If you give, ah, ah, and you, you can look this up, there'll be TV preachers saying, the reason your family is cursed it's because you, I'm losing my headset here. <laughs> Alcoholism will be broken up your family if you send us $1,000 right now in Jesus' name. And someone's going to send 10000 and you're going to, listen, no, 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 no. No, no, no. That's not how this works. Because the purpose, the reason why God created giving was to deal with our selfish heart but if, if we give to get, that only reinstitutes our own selfishness. We don't give to get. We give because God wants our heart. And there's no greater activity for the believer to deal with our selfish heart than generosity. We don't give to get. No one has ever said, Pastor, I have received the revelation of getting. I have the gift of getting. So what can I get? Uh, you'd be surprised. Some people may not say that out loud with their words, but they show up to church saying, what can I get? What can I get? What can I get? What can I get? And then we become consumers of church. What can I get? And we're not contributors because a follower of Jesus says, I want to give it all. I want to give of my time. I want to give. And Jesus even looked at the rich young man. He said, sell all you have. Then you can follow me. Why? Because he wanted his heart. He knew his heart was gripped by money. We don't give to get. So deal with the selfish heart. Giving is the number one way to deal with selfishness. 
Do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted. The second thing we have to deal with is dealing with a grieving heart. Look what it said in Deuteronomy. It says, give generously to them and do so without gr- a grudging heart. Don't be, don't, gr- ah, there it goes. Ah, I just gave it. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you with a good heart. He will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. Here's what I know. I may not have a lot of money, but what I do have is blessed. I may not have the greatest skills, and I may not be the best public speaker, the best leader, but all I know is whatever I put my hands to is blessed. Blessed by God. Now, grief comes in in our giving because, well, let me ask you this. Have you ever given a large amount? Like God laid something on your heart. You gave a large amount of money. And then something went wrong. (laughs) You gave a large amount of money, and then the car broke down. You gave a large amount of money, then your kid gets sick and goes to the ER. And then, then Satan comes and says, see, you shouldn't have given. And a grieving heart sets in. Because we grieve when we go to give our money. Sometimes I don't remember my wallet. I just, random thought, going to lunch afterwards. I can go to lunch today. (laughs) I'm just like up here sharing random thoughts. Uh, That was easy. I should uh, share my random thoughts more often. (laughs) That got a little awkward a little fast. Ty, why do, you th- why do you think Ty, when I said I didn't have my wallet, why do you think he responded so fast? Well, sure. You want to know why? Because I gave him that $100 before the sermon this morning. <laughs> I, I gave it to him. And uh, so that's actually my money. <laughs> so Ty right now uh, is not grieving <laughs> the loss of $100. You know why he's not grieving? It wasn't his. It was mine. Many times a grieving heart about giving is because we thought it was ours. We, we, we thought it was ours. But when you, when you realize it's the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, it helps deal with the grieving heart of us. It says, I know I should be a giver. We'll talk about how much and how often 
in, in coming weeks. I know I should be a giver, but man, but I have a lot. And so to give from a lot feels like I, like I won't have a lot anymore. Or the grieving heart of I only have a little. Some of us give from abundance and some give from sacrifice, but, but our call is to, to be a giver. And, but we deal with our grieving heart by realizing it's actually not my money. It was easy for Ty to respond quickly without grieving and gladly because it wasn't his money. So thank you for giving my money back. I was a little nervous. When I gave it to him, he's got a baby on the way. You see, he had reason to keep it. He could have said, man, pastors, give me 100 bucks. I got a baby on the way. I might just hold on to this. But he knew. I know where he lives. <laughs> but, he also, but he knew it wasn't his. Dealing with the grieving heart. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We also have to develop a generous heart. Because the 14th verse in Deuteronomy, it said, supply them, look at this word, liberally from your flock, from your threshing floor, and your wine press. Give to them how as the Lord blessed you. You see, we were all born selfish. Born again, generous. What do you, all of us, what do we have to teach our kids? You have to share. You have to share. I've got three boys, time and time again, over the years, I've watched. One of the boys goes over here, picks up a thing. And the other one who is, has nothing to do with this thing right now at the very moment, sees his brother from the other room. Well, I, 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 was, I was playing with that. That's, that's mine. Oh, I, was, I was playing with that too. I'm like, no, you weren't. You were over there. Right, right, sharing. We are born selfish. Listen, I'm not after your money. God's not after your money. He's after your heart. He's after your heart. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Luke 6, verse 30, it says, Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, big whoop. That's what it says in the demonstration. Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you first, who cares? What credit is that to you? Guess what? Even sinners do that. Evil people can do that. Adolf Hitler can do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Like, what good did you really do? 
Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them. And lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great. And you will be children of the Most High. Isn't that what you want? A great reward? I mean, when you let go of money, and you, as, even as an investment, you want to get your statement back and it says, Great! Because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Did you know that? I don't know what kind of church you grew up in. Too many people grew up in a church where their pastor must have forgot to tell them that God is actually kind to ungrateful people. That God is actually kind to wicked people. And if you're like, really? Yeah. Because he was kind to you. And he was kind to me. In my ungrateful, selfish heart, he was kind to me. Your father, he says, it says, be merciful just as your father is merciful. And how do you become a, this merciful person? Well, you have to deal with your selfish heart. You have to develop a generous heart. And last of all, is about developing a grateful heart. Deuteronomy 15, 15, it says, after he talked about give liberally from your flock, from your uh, threshing floor, give liberally from your wine press, he says, this is why. I want you to remember something. I want you all to remember. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. 400 years they were enslaved. And the Lord redeemed you and that is why I command you of this today. That is why. I want you to remember where you used to be and where you are and I did that for you and I'm just asking that you also be generous to other people because however extravagantly generous you think you could be, it pales in, con it pales in comparison to the extravagant of God's generosity to us. And so God's like, I... I I gave my son to redeem you because all of us were in Egypt at one time. Enslaved to sin and failure, our mistakes. And God redeemed us. And he's just saying, all I'm asking is that you, you do that. I didn't judge you for your past or condemn you. I forgave you. So don't judge or you'll be judged. Don't condemn or you'll be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. And give. And it'll be given back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So you get to choose what you get multiplied in your life. <laughs> Mercy or condemnation. Whatever you give, it will be given back to you. So a grateful heart. A grateful heart is rooted in remembering. Remembering. I heard a story of a pastor that God laid it on his heart to give away his home. So they, they figured it all out. They gave their house away. A friend asked that pastor's wife, what do you think about that? And she says, when I first got married to my husband, he wasn't saved. 
And every time I see him give generously, it reminds me he's not the man he used to be. And at the end of the day, I know that he gives so generously because he still hasn't gotten over the fact that he's saved. I thought that was good. And so because I can't get over the fact that God saved me, I'm generous. I can't get over the fact that God stepped down into our world, lived a perfect life that I am incapable of doing. Then he died a criminal's brutal, bloody death a death that was meant for me, but he took it so I could walk free. I can't get over it. Can, can, can you get over it? I can't get over my salvation. I'm still not over it. It moves me to tears. I can't get over it. So, generosity, when I remember that, easy. It's easy. So again, tonight, today is, remember, it's all about the heart. God wants your heart. God wants your heart. God has a lot to say about giving and generosity, and we will talk about a lot of those things. Jesus always spoke very mercifully the things that are recorded about him. There's only a couple times that, that Jesus really came down hard and a message in a way that basically condemned someone even to hell. Jesus tells a story like this, that once there was a man who um, basically just struck gold. His harvest that year, and their, their harvest and their grain was a sign of wealth. His crops that year had just supplied 10x. You know, we hear about this all the time. X. His crops supplied 10x. He had so much wealth, he had no idea what to do with it. So after thinking, he realized, I know what I'll do with all this wealth. And here's what he did. He tore down all of his barns. Which, and then he built bigger ones to store up all of his wealth. And then he retired. And essentially Jesus said, you had my supply, because it's all his, you had my supply and the ability to help others, and you chose to sit on it. This is basically what Jesus said. Go to hell. He said, his real, what he really said was, you die today. And it's not a good kind of death. He says, you, you, you die today. Because that, that's a selfish heart. There's nothing, I don't, there's not much that I think angers God's heart like selfishness. And that's why he created giving. He so loved the world that he gave. And so all I'm asking today is for us to just look at our heart. God doesn't want your money. The streets of gold, they're paid for. It's okay. He wants your heart no greater activity than the activity of giving that deals with our heart. Where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. So do you have a money-grabbing pastor? I hope you don't think so. 
but by your own admission, you want a pastor that will teach you what the Word of God says to help you win and be free. And so, uh, previously, this past year in 2022, our most attended sermon series was a sermon series called You Ask For It, where we tackled subjects from the scripture that you wanted to hear the most about. And I just wonder uh, that, that maybe this should be our next most attended sermon series as well. Because I know we all need to deal with it. Let's all stand together. We're going to sing one last song as we do. And I just thought it would be appropriate not, not to respond to the altar like we have in the past, but to respond with our heart today. And if uh, you may not have noticed, we haven't collected the offering yet. And as we sing, the ushers are going to come and they're going to pass the bucket. And I'm not doing this th- hoping that you give more than ever before. I'm just doing this as a reminder as to why we give. And as we give, while we sing this last song, I want you to give and say, God, I give you my heart. I give you my heart. Maybe you need to go online, newlifeforkokomo.org, in our giving platform. You need to go give. Maybe you need to grab that envelope in the seat back pocket in front of you and prepare it. We're not just giving money. We're giving our heart this morning. So let's sing, let's worship, and let's worship the Lord with all of our heart and let's worship with our giving. If you're a guest with us today, I'm not asking anything of you. Let this service be a gift to you today. But those of us that call New Life Church are home. Let's worship, let's give.